Okay, ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and make this thing live here again. Good evening and welcome to another segment of the Men's Corner with your hosts, Adrian, Big Six, and Fahim. Again, the Men's Corner is brought to you and produced by Sunday's World, where magic happens more than magic happens. Powered by DJ Glenn, where the music is her soul, with video and tech support production by Bones Simmons. When Bones do it, it's Bones done. Men's Corner, again, is a monthly podcast in which current affairs, topics, and events are discussed from a male's point of view, and this month is no different at all. We're going to go ahead and skip past our monthly highlights that we normally do because of time. We want to give our special guest all the time that he deservingly or rightfully deserves. Today's Men's Talk discussion is centered around National Recovery Month with a twist featuring a prolific basketball icon in D.C. basketball folklore, the one and only Stacey Robinson Sr. Now, National Recovery Month. Yeah, let's give it up for Stacey Bob, baby. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. Thank you very much, man. For the record, National Recovery Month takes place every September for the entire month, typically sponsored by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA. This is the 30th year celebrating National Recovery Month in which we take time to celebrate, honor, and acknowledge all those persons who are in recovery from mental and substance use disorders. For the record, it is reported that nearly 21 million Americans struggle with substance addictions. That is more than the number of people who have all cancers combined. Yet only one in 10 people or 10% with substance addictions receive treatment. The Surgeon General reported in 2016 that one in seven people in the U.S. will face substance addiction. An American dies every 19 minutes from opioid or heroin overdose. If you or a loved one are suffering in the world of addiction and you are seeking assistance, contact SAMHSA, National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-4357 for 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referrals. So again, here to talk with us, D.C. basketball legend and icon Stacey Robinson, who not only will talk about his incredible talent on the basketball court, but we'll talk about his struggles off the court as well. So today, we will not only recognize and honor him for his heroics on the court, we will celebrate his recovery for 13 years, clean time from illicit substance use. Thank 13 you, years, big Thank fella. You, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. Hey, man, Stacey Robinson, welcome to the show. Of Glad course, to be here. We've all heard all the facts and the myths and the tales of Stacey Robinson, but uh. So, we, gonna, uh, so we, we got Stacey Robinson born in West Virginia. Um, born to uh, two great parents. Mm-hmm. He traveled down here to Washington, D.C., in the Maryland area, mm-hmm. where he started his basketball career. Yes, sir. So tell us when you started um, playing this thing called basketball. I started playing this game called basketball in the fifth grade. I was at Harrison uh, Elementary School up on uh, 13th Street Northwest. Uh, I picked the game up. A young man by the name of Lord Jimmy Lee Taylor played uh Blue High School, which go down to Harrison Playground. I used to throw the basketball up and the, the football and, the, and uh, baseball. But basketball was my love. Uh, I loved the game. As I got older, moved to Southeast Washington, D.C., I met a young man by the name of Mr. Davis, young man by the name of Russell Waddell, Dwayne Waddell, Ronald Hill, and the guys in the crew. And I really picked the game up from there. Uh, playing with the likes of Ed Jordan, Cheese Holloway, at a young age, and really just, you know, took off with the game of basketball, man. I um, always played with the older guys. I was tall for my age, so I, I had a little advantage with the guys in my neighborhood to play with the older guys. So when did you know that you can do what you was doing at, at, when it came on that you was, you know, you was a prolific scorer? When I, when I, I knew what I, I, I really knew what I was doing. A young man by the name of Russell Waddell, Gave me, showed me how to shoot a jump shot out of Southeast Washington, D.C. As I say, I used to play against Ed Jordan, former All-American out of here, Carroll High School, Rutgers College, Los Angeles Lakers. And he was a great defensive stopper. And, you know, he used to block my shot every two to three times down the court. But, you know, I used to go home at night when they leave the St. Teresa's playground, I stayed right on the street. I used to come back and work on my jump shot late at night. 
So get my jump shot off on him and Cheese Holloway. Uh, you know, that's when I realized I was in uh, sixth, sixth grade at the time. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Good. Yes, indeed. So your, your, your basketball experiences, that those were some of the early years. Yes, sir. You, you left there, left Harrison, did all that stuff, but you went to Crossland and Dunbar. Played yes, your ball, your high school ball there, man. Talk to us a little bit about that. First of all, Ms. Harris, I went to I went to Fremont Heights in my tenth grade year out of Fuller Junior High School. Okay. I, I was leading the state of Maryland and scoring as a tenth grader with like thirty one a game. Um, we played Blainsburg my tenth grade year. Bruce Buckley, a, a former old man out of um, Blainsburg High School, went on to North Carolina. Um, the coach started calling started calling line about. Started about. He didn't call me out. I just had 35 against Saratchville two days before, and I looked at my father. My father did like this to say, "We out here. Uh, <laughs> there's no need for you to continue to play here, leading the state of Maryland in scoring, and you're not starting as a tenth grade. You wasn't starting. No, I wasn't starting. I was coming off the bench. No, I was starting, but I came off the bench that game. I don't know why Ralph Payton had me come off the bench that game. I never forget that. Um, so I went on down the cross. That's when the busing came. So, so, oh, so it was no three-point line when you played? No, it was no three-point line back in the 76. No three-point line. The way you guys shoot the ball. Well, that's incredible. Yes, sir. That's incredible. So I went on down the cross, man, and formed forces with this guy by the name of Ralph Ledbetter. <laughs> oh, man, a fantastic man, a great guy. Just got in from Germany the other day. We went on the Coldfield House. Um, we lost. That's my that's my tenth eleventh grade year down at Crossland. Uh, I got in some trouble by not doing the right things, and I ended up transferring to Dunbar in the city. But I made I made all parade all American at Crossland and, and it transferred over to Dunbar High School. So it's called Parade All American. It's like Parade All American. It's Parade All High School All American. Okay. That's the biggest high school All American team that you can make. Streets of Smith. Parade Converse. Right. Yes, right. sir. And, I mean, then, uh, and it was that time that, that, that Digger Phelps, head coach of Notre Dame back in that time, said, hey, Stacy Robinson is the best guard in America. Yes, sir. He, that was he quoted everybody quoted him and saying that in the magazine. And you know, being a young being a young guy, young kid in high school, it really touched me to hear Coach Phelps of the yeah. legendary Notre Dame, legendary coach Notre Dame one of the most prestigious schools in college to say something like that about me. I, I went to five-star basketball, and uh, he saw me with five-star basketball, and uh, he rated me from up there, the things that I was doing up there. I, I put the baskets back to Washington, D.C. with me. I just turned the camp completely out. Mm. Me and a guy by the name of Bill Willoughby, Barry Frazier, Joe Johanna. Yeah, we know uh, guys well. Yeah, Joe Tweet, Baby Dern. Yeah. Turk Tim and all of us went up five-star together that year. And uh, I just happened to, I held my own up there, uh, playing against them New Yorkers, you know. Uh, we had to hold our own because they was they, they rated them. Every time you open a magazine, you saw the New Yorkers. We, we didn't not hate them, but we just thought they were slightly overrated. Right. So we went up there and showed them that D.C. is here. D.C. basketball is here. Yeah. So, so was that, so, so there, there's, there's a myth. Oh, fact, we're going to clear it up right now yes, that uh, it says that you may all met two times with three different schools. Is, 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 am I, I getting that? No, I made all county. I made all county okay. at Fremont Heights. Okay. I made second team all met at Crossland, and I made first team all met at Dunbar. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so you made all. <laughs> all met at Dunbar, but the, the, the conversation in the street is you didn't even play a whole game. A whole season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't I didn't play a whole game because I was doing other things that, you know, was sort of like took me away from basketball. So what was your average before we get in? What was your average at Dunbar? I was like twenty three one off the bench in Dunbar. Oh, and you was late every game, damn it. I was late the majority every game. Hey, hold on, hold on. Who, who, who won those teams? At Dunbar? Oh, Dunbar was Craig Shelton, Baby Dern, Joe Tweet, Steve Day, Sweet Slim Henderson, Lonnie Dern. And we talking about some prolific people. Yes, what sir. we going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a, a quick 60-second break for this time right here, a, a pause for the calls. 
um, and get our commercials in, and we'll be right back with the legendary Stacy Robinson. Men's Corner, y'all. Men's Corner. The Men's Corner. We back in. We back live in action. Uh, we appreciate you guys for hanging in there with us. Um, we about to dive into this piece of why Stacy Robinson was late for majority of his games at Dunbar High School, where he was all met and he was leading scorer at that point in time. No, Joe Tweed was the leading Joe scorer, Tweed. and I was the second leading scorer. Okay, second leading scorer, and you, and you was late for every game with no three-point line. Yes, sir. Okay, so tell us why you was late every game. I was late for every game, Poncho and Six, because in high school, man, I had a substance abuse problem. I was shooting heroin, and I started shooting heroin in the ninth grade, and it carried on through my high school days. Um, but I continued to play basketball to hide the fact that um, I was a drug user. Uh, I had the wristband to cover my arm right there. As you see, these are my war marks right here. I'm not the same to show. And um, they didn't really know what was going on with me. Everybody had an idea, but they didn't know. You know, I, I, I sort of like let my teammates down because I was, I was using, and they wasn't using. And, and I used to always tell them, man, I'm late. Man, I got diarrhea. I used to come up with all kinds of excuses. Man, I, uh, uh, I had to take my mom's here. Uh, my father's car broke down, and I was lying. It wasn't doing nothing but, but ruining myself. It was hurting me. Uh, I thought I was, you know, being slick at the time, but it wasn't doing nothing, man, but ruining my career. Uh, we played... The math at Cold Field House. The Parade All American team had just came out that week. The game was on a Sunday. The Parade All American team had came out on a, like a Tuesday magazine. I seen my name on the parade. I said, Man, practice? Are you kidding me? I'm not going to practice. That's the Allen Ives. That's the Allen Ives. Practice. The game was played at Cold Field. I see y'all at the University of Maryland Sunday at 3.30. So I ain't come to practice all that week. I maybe went to one class that week. I go to math class during that week. My math teacher, Miss Wilson, may she rest in peace. She's up here, Stacy, please come to class. So I go to class during that, during that week. She called my name to come to the blackboard to do a problem. I'm just this real story. It was a big, bad problem on the board. And she said, Stacy, about to come. I said, Miss Wilson, here I come. I walked up to the backboard, made a right turn, and walked right out the door. I ain't been back to that class since 1975, and that problem's still up on the board right now. <laughs> the problem's still up on the yeah, board. Yeah, I went up four for them to get me two bags of blow because I was sick in class. I was throwing up. I was ill. Um, you know, I, I, I had to go get I had to go get some drugs, man. I'm sorry, Miss Wilson. I just can't do that problem right there. I do it maybe three weeks from now, but today I can't get that done. Wow, wow, that's, yeah. that's, that's incredible, man. So, yeah. so you didn't go back to school at all after that day? No, I didn't go back to school at all after that week. I didn't go back to school again until we played the Mafia the Knights of Columbus. We played the Mafia that Sunday during that week. We lost the Mafia by five. We played the Knights of Columbus at George Mason. The math again, I come off the bench with 44, right? Uh, I didn't play I didn't play the city title game at all. I, and after, after, after we played the Knights of Columbus, I went to the coach Jody office, and me and him just had a one-on-one -on -one talk. I didn't tell my teammates this, and but uh, you know, a little older now, I said, Coach, this is the last day you'll see me up here. I didn't come up here to go to school. I came up here to play basketball. So how did you get your money to get high? Well, being an old man, being an all-American, you know, guys back in the 70s, you know, were supporting guys that, you know, if you were an old man and all-American, you had no problem with getting money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All you had to do was just come, show up at the game, do your thing, and after the game, you know, they'll be waiting for you, hit you with a high five. Or hand your envelope, and you know that's how it was, right? And so, it, but and, and that's interesting. But why dope? Why not weed or something small? Because you were so young. How did you get right into that? That was kind of like a, 
situation and yes, what's sir. very interesting is that yes, you know Stacey this is your truth man I mean my story, but, man. so so we know what kept you from going and playing high school that also was a contributing factor to, to you not going on to college or did you go to any college yeah I went to I went to Vincennes University Vincennes Junior College we're on the top what was it again? Vincennes Junior College okay it was in Vincennes Indiana wow so that was one of the top junior colleges in there, Hudson Kansas San Jacinto was nowhere to be found back then in wisdom school. So anyhow, I go visit Vincennes. I cut into a couple of dudes from Terry Hutt, Indiana. Uh-huh. You know, on my visit, tell them, man, I'll be back, man. But when I come back, man, I need to find out. I, I need to, for y'all to have that blow waiting for me when I come back. Oh, I'm going to so come up here. Yeah, I told her what I needed. I needed that. Okay. So I say, man, I'm going to come back. I came back during the summer. Played, uh, played went to summer school. Float summer school, because I ain't go to class. Uh, so I got it, so I had to sit out. Vincent had paid Pensacola, Florida, junior college. He's coming back from, from, from Florida. So my room's on the first floor. I got my manager from Terry Hunt that I met in, in my room. Of course, you know, back then we had the Caucasian girls in Indiana, but a lot of sisters. So we're in there partying. So I got, we got, we got the table sitting here. I got, we got blow, we got coke, we got weed for them on the table. I tell them, if I see anybody near this table, I'ma slap a section out the head. Okay? I don't need nobody on this over here on this table but me. Wow. So wow. the coach, it's a true story. The assistant coach walk in the room. I got the needle in my arm, shooting on fire. I got the works in my arm, and I'm fine. He said, Stacy, what are you doing? I said, Coach, I'm a diabetic. I'm just taking my medicine. Wow. Right? Wow. He said, are you kidding me? I said, no, I'm a diabetic. I'm just taking my medicine. He said, well, I'm a... Oh, so everybody ran out the room with it. So he said, well, Stacy, you know I'm going to tell the coach what's going on here. Like, what is all this like? I said, that's my medicine. He said, that's a whole lot of medicine. I said, well, look here. Since you're going to tell the coach about all this, let me get the majority of this, because this is going with me. Cause I know I'm going home in the morning on the first thing smoke, right? I say, this is going with me. Now, you can tell the coach whatever you want, but this right here is going with me. I ain't put it in my head. Put me a little stash up for when I get back from Washington. You know, I'm, yeah. my father ain't going to cut me out, but I ain't going to hear it because I'm going straight to the basement and get my thing on. And, and you know, it's interesting yeah. you, you mentioned your father. Now, here's a gentleman that yeah. was raised in the household with his mom and yeah, dad exactly. in a pretty in a pretty good middle-class environment. Yeah. So it wasn't like you grew up in the projects, housing, no. none of that. You had structure, man. I grew up in Pet Mill Village. Yeah. I really let them down. You know, I really did. Uh, me and my mom's talk when she passed away. My father's okay. still living in Conway, South Carolina right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really let them down. I, I was so hurt. I was so hurt. But, uh, you know, I, I was hurting myself. I was a young man. I, I cheated again. And I cheated my parents and them for what they had established for me, man. Because there was nowhere in the world, I'm not tooting my horn, DMV, but there's nowhere in the world I was supposed to touch down in the DMV, I mean, in, in the NBA. But I had a drug problem, man. You know, I, I, I and you say this, this is recovery month, and, you know, I'm so glad that you guys had me on this show tonight so I can drop my spiel to somebody in this area they may hear my story and pass it on, they won't end up like me. Because, see, a lot of ball players, man, come in, they talk on these shows, they don't get it real. Right. Yeah. They, they shoot from the hip. 
You dig? But what you got, you Poncho, you played a part in my recovery. If you don't know this as well, because I just see you down in the courtroom, and I just ask you questions. You, Stacy, man, get yourself together. Man, I can't do that, man. And you know, I, I admire you for that, man. Thank you. I really I do. You. And you two six, man. I met you at Genco working. You didn't. You didn't have a clue I was you. No. You didn't have a clue. You should give me ride homes every day. You see me walking down Blainsburg Road one night about one o'clock at night. I never forget this, man. You turned the corner, man. You turned the made a U-turn and say, man, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that sound like it too, bro. <laughs> you say, man, what are you doing? I say, man, I'm out here, man, get me to go to the store, get my wife, Kathy, I'm going to get us a cigarette. She say, man, ain't nothing open, man, this time of night. Man, what are you doing? I say, six, man, I'm out here, man. I'm trying to get me a lick, man. He say, man, get in the car, I got you. I'm thinking he going to get a lick. I think he going to help me get a lick and put something in my hand. <laughs> he took me straight to my house. And said, man, get the fuck out of my car. Excuse yeah, my language. Yeah, get the fuck yeah. out of my car and get your ass in the house. Yeah. And, and I'm a grown man. I'm I'm I'm, on, I'm damn near fifty some years old. Yeah. And you know that that you know that showed me right here that how much of a good dude he was as well as you. Yeah. You understand me? So man, it's I. It's a lot of love, man. That, yeah. That's a testament to yeah. the love that the community. Yeah. has shown you throughout all the years because yeah. you, you, you're, you're so much more than just the basketball player, so much more than the, than the recovering addict, man. Right. You are a pillar in this community. And I'm and just listening to Thank you. I listen you, to you all day because you're a historian Thank of you. many things that's not just basketball. Yes, sir. You know, so your, your conversation piece can flow across, man. But now, the drug thing, though, how prevalent was drug usage in high school Back in those days. Now, we ain't calling out no other names. No, I'm not going to do that. in I'm high school that. period back then, because I don't want people to think that you were the only one that was doing this. So how prevalent no, was No, I was it? not prevalent, man. How first was it? How many? How so I didn't go to history class. You got to break that down. I didn't go to class at all. So can you break that down? What's that word again? Prevalent. Prevalent. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how often did you see this occurrence? going on with people using it. Every day. Every Athlete. day. Athletes. Every day in the 70s, it was plentiful. Mm. It was plentiful in the 70s. Mm. Late 60s, 70s, drugs was plentiful. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of recovery programs back then. Mm. You know, we had, you had, to, you had to quit on your own back then or go to jail and, and uh, cold turkey. Cold turkey. You know, now they got so many drug programs that you get into and, and clean yourself up, man. But it, it, it was plentiful back then. It was real plentiful. So how has that substance really affected your life? The, I mean, the, the using of it. The using of it, man, it, 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 it tore me apart, man. Um, I'm just recently getting my body together. I had a, I had a big cyst on my heart, about the size of a tennis ball, about this big. My mouth looked like somebody kicked a field goal through my mouth. I lost all my teeth. But down the day, I got my upstairs fixed. I'm working on my lower. I'm working on my lower to get myself together. Uh, like, I still got my scars on my, on my arm where I, where I used to shoot drugs. And I can't hide these, you know, and, and I'm not going to hide these. I'm not going to wear those long sleeve shirts to cover this up. Because this is my story, and I need for... When I talk to the young guys, for them to ask me questions, and what is wrong with your arm? I, I would tell them, I don't want your arm to end up looking like this, man. Yeah. This is my, this is a war zone right here, son. Right. So, you got to have your way. So, so when we was at Jenko, right, mm -hmm. we was working together. You say you were still using. You said right. I saw you. So what? When was that turning point for you to start getting off? Because I, I know you and I hung out a whole lot. We were crossing man, bridges, man, just hanging with his guard, just. It, it was, just always wanted to be around basketball. Yeah. You're like, six, man, when you play, or yeah. when we can go, and we just hung out. So when was that turning point to get you to, like, just cold that, turkey? That turning point came in my life. My wife of now, Kathy Robson, uh, her sister had kids. Her sister wasn't able to take care of kids, and we adopted two of her kids. I remember that. Javon White and Khadija White. Yes, sir. And my, we married now, but she went to New York one night. She went out of town with her family or something. 
was on a 50th and Independence Avenue. Deej was in a hospital down at, at uh, uh, DC General. Man, I'm in a house, man. I'm shooting everything but motor oil, toothpaste, concert, everything I can put in the hype. I'm shooting, right? So I got to go down and visit her. Okay. And I go down there, man, I'm twisted, man. I can't. I walked past the hospital three times. I went over to the IFK Stadium. Thought that was the hospital. DC General, right? That's how I was. Man, I was twisted. So when I get to the room, finally see her. Man, she was this small. Man, I broke down, man. Tears. I, tears. I said, man, I got to clean myself up, man. Because we getting ready to adopt this, this baby. We got to go to programs. My wife had cleaned herself up and went to a program. And then my mom got sick. And she said, stay, you know, man, I'm getting ready to go to the upper room, son. Uh, you know when I leave here, it's going to be rough for you because I'm the only one that, you know, you can. And that, that, that played a part, too, along with you guys and a couple of other guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick break because I want you to dive into that piece about the kids because um, I was around. I remember Khadija and Punchy. You sure do. Yeah, um, and we're going to dive into that piece after this break. Okay. Y'all people, stay with us. Stay with us. Right back. back to I told y'all it was going to be deep today. We're yeah. in the corner. In the corner, Pull baby. up the jam. Men's corner. Men's corner. It's what we do here. Wakefield in the house. Yeah. You know, I ain't no major cameraman. Don't be telling me to change the angle on All right, so, so, so okay. now we're we going back into this. Um, let's, let's dive into the kids with Khadija and Punchy, man, because they was real young. Yeah. Um, I know, like, uh, this was your, your, your wife's sister kids, but at this day and age, they call you dad. Yes, sir. But, like, those are your kids now. Like, I, yes, um, Punchy works with me at my job, and he tells people, like, Stacey Robinson is my father. Right. Wow. Right. So like that's deep for me to even see them when they was babies, and he was the oh he's the oldest, and she's Khadija and I'm going to college. Yeah, she's in Miami right now. Okay. Right, wow. You know that that you know that was that was a that was a wake up call for me, because you know I wasn't really in my my, my logical kids life, Stacy, Keisha, and uh, Zaylisha, and just seeing Khadija and knowing that my wife. Of now, could not have kids, man, and she wanted kids so bad. I went on to clean myself up, man. Mm. You know, I had to, man. Because uh, I was tired of being sick and tired. Uh, every plenty of nights, man, I would just break down and cry, you know, by myself and say, man, God, help me get off this ride right here. I've been on this ride since high school. I'm damn near 50 years old or 40 years old or whatever, and I'm still out here chasing, chasing drugs, man. It got to be something better, you know? And uh, I wish that ride on nobody, man. You know, uh, seeing uh, guys out here today, the young lady, Sonny spoke on, you know, when you see a brother out here, man, that's using, don't kick him, y'all. You know, help him, give him a hug, you ain't necessarily got to give him no money. Give him a hug, take him, you know, feed him, give him something to eat. Uh, just share a, a few moments, few moments with him and tell him, man, it's going to be all right. Uh, because so many of us walk past and point and laugh and, man, look at that dude there, man. Look at that dude. Man, nah, he, nah, he, nah, nah, nah. Stuff, yeah. you know, man, man, I nodded out so many times. Man, I, I, I'm on the bench. We playing in a McDonald's Capital Classic, man. They they introduce me. They introduce my name. I'm in the bathroom. I'm I'm fine for the game. I hear them call my name. I take my last little push, man. I come running through the tunnel. I'm tripping over everybody. They say, Stacy, what's wrong? I say, man, I, I just threw up. Man, I'm so high. I missed the introduction to being called out in Capital Classic. So, man, that, this disease, this this thing is me, man. Yeah. You know, I, like I say, man, I was just riding on nobody. Nobody. Male or female, white, black, Spanish, you know, I, man, this, this ride, it's a hell of a ride, man. So, so having said that, what are some of the benefits to now living your life, Jeffrey? Because you've gone through some struggles, man. You've gone through some major struggles. What are some of the benefits to actually living a drug-free life? Man, living a drug-free life, man. 
I learned it, I learned it at my first job at 50 some years old at Amtrak, man. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, I got, I got benefits now. Uh, I got insurance now. My family, my relationship with, with all five of kids. Carter, shut up. It's a lot, lot better. You know what I'm saying? And they, they know, they hear, they hear people talk about me to them, but they still, they all stood behind me because I'm their dad. There's been days where they might have said some things, you know, because, you know, I wasn't really there in that night. You know, because I, I, was, I was young. I was